0: overheard at work today, but they separated. They didn't want to be there. My response, or at least what I was thinking, yes, those separatists do have very large tanks. How? And why? Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for finding this year's daily audio blog. I publish this every Monday to Friday. It's about the uh, daily musings. I live in Beijing, China. I uh, work in the ESL industry. And uh, I have a few hobbies that keep me busy. Notably a lot of computer graphics work, programming, language learning. All these sorts of things. And I keep this all um, posted on my website, stephensersky.com. And I am of Ukrainian lineage. I'm Canadian, passport holder, but Ukrainian lineage. So this... Recent uptick in turmoil in Ukraine has the office a Twitter. I mean, last week it was Canada. <laughs> What's going on in Canada? A. Eh? This week it's Ukraine. Officially, I guess, uh, Putin has uh, recognized Luhansk and Donetsk as breakaway republics, or not breakaway republics, as republics separate from Ukraine. Now, whether or not they are part of the Russian Federation, I don't know if that actually happened, Uh, but uh, he has sent, what is it, he's recognized the independence of the self-proclaimed Donetsk and Luhansk people's republics. He's also now sent peacekeeping troops to these uh, regions, and he blames Ukraine and the West for causing hostilities. Now, uh, if you do any sort of searches on Twitter or um, any th- any sort of research about the 2014 uh, revolution, Maidan revolution uh, and the annexation of um, Crimea, sorry, like the 2008 Maidan revolution, uh, annex- annexation of Crimea, uh, Crimea in 2014, uh, th- there's no doubt that there are Western actors involved, uh, especially since NATO has been, I mean, it's what Putin is saying: get get out, <laughs> like don't bring that shit any closer, sort of thing. Um, and uh, Poland, though, is part of NATO, and Poland has lots of uh, United States armor, like tanks, missiles, jets, you name it. This again, I got a lot of this information from uh, George Friedman, who did a lot of uh, analysis of the geopolitical friction in Europe, and he did a very good analysis that Poland is sort of like the real end of Europe because Russia doesn't want it to go any further. And the West sort of has respected that up until lately. So I don't know what has kicked off this recent uh, spate of hostilities, like such a a, a brazen uh, invasion. But there's at least one (laughs) element here Both incursions occurred during Democrat presidents. I don't know, what does that tell you? Uh, Yeah. I did hear the uh, accusation that this uh, Russian incursion is a Western media, uh, you know, facade. And I go, well, would you say the media attacks on Trump were a facade too? That would be my question. Anyway. It, uh, I don't know. I was thinking about this going. Even if they are truly independent, even if they are, like, even if they weren't backed by the Russian military or mercenaries or whoever's in there, how can you unify a country at this point? That, with a part of the people, part of the nation, part of the country that has made it clear, in some way or another, that they don't really think the same way as the rest of the country how do you unify that it's, it seems like those regions are lost forever which I, i'm guessing is what putin wanted it's not what ukraine wanted it's not what the west wanted but does it affect is it a reflection of reality when i was in ukraine after leaving ukraine years ago I I remember writing a blog post saying, cut the country in two, split the country in two, right along the Dnieper." You know, there's eastern part and western part. Well, it looks like that's what they're doing. It's a bit more harsh than the way they want it. But that was the feeling I got when I left Ukraine, is that the country was divided. From east to west, there wasn't a cohesive Ukrainian identity. And that was years ago. I can't say that the people that I do follow on the socials, um, yes, a lot of the military sort of reports have been produced by media, but and meanwhile, some of the people that I know who live in Ukraine don't seem to be as afraid. I mean, they're not as concerned. There was no invasion like preparations or anything. So it's you see it, you hear it but at the same time, you go, something is going on, you can't deny that, there are moves being made, now I don't think anyone really wants a war, I don't think, uh, I think it's bad business, uh, if you kill all your taxpayer, taxpayers, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I don't think this way, how do you harvest money from dead people, right, dead soldiers, I mean, it's a very scary prospect, I'm sure there's some accountant that can do it, but uh, it's not how I think, Um And I'm sure, I don't know, World War II repercussions, you know, what what happened after that with uh, family wealth? Does it even matter? Right. This one article I read today, you know, uh, Europe has always sort of had wars going on. It's true. Um, At the same time, wars and laws have never really listened to each other. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, you, you can go ahead and put all the laws you want in place. if a war is going to break out it's going to break out people are going to fight they're going to fight i mean uh, how many bar fights have you seen it's like well you're not allowed to fight here they fight anyway right it's there's going to be aggression emotions are spilling over uh it's sad to see but at the same time you know is this something that's been brewing for the last 30 years this is this a culmination i guess there's your first generation i mentioned this a lot yesterday you know the culmination of the first generation of it so I was saying that there's going to be three generations of it, 90 years. So we have done the first third. What's the second third going to have uh, get done? Good question. was talking to another colleague today. I was actually a little bit sad, uh, a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say upset, but I was like, wow, uh, he mentioned that he was thinking about leaving China uh, probably at the end of this year after only being here for a very short period of time. And this seems to be uh, a story I hear quite a bit now, that uh, not only are there not any new foreigners coming in, but people who haven't been here for very long are thinking of of leaving. And it's not... The the situation that China is in, if you are in the ESL industry, uh, actually if you're a foreigner in general, because there's been other... I've been looking at job postings, and there's at least one job posting thread that talked about the how the the jobs for foreigners are not as plentiful as they were before. So five years ago, six years ago, when I first got here, however long ago, uh, it was already, very different landscape. The Olympics are over now, and out of all the people I have talked to, and I. I I know there's uh, probably better people to talk to about this or better people who are uh, a bit more informed about how China developed after 2008. But 2008 was when Beijing held the Summer Olympics. And most of the people I I hear now are are those who arrived around the summer, Summer Olympics times. You don't see that happening now. You don't even hear people saying, oh, I can't wait to go to China. This... Whereas 2008 might have inspired people or put China on the map to go to, the Winter Olympics didn't. And if anything, I mean, I I spoke about this, I guess a couple weeks ago, about the, the intent of the Winter Olympics. One of the intents. It's to spur the domestic winter... Sports activities, the domestic winter activities in general, uh, to help promote promote a healthier lifestyle, uh, industry economy, of course, so things don't shut down in the winter, and that they they can uh, grow uh, other regions of the country that aren't just based in the cities. So it's it's one method of uh, tackling. Uh, Beijing doesn't get snow, but there are lots of parts of China. A lot of the northern parts of China do get snow. Can you build up a winter recreational economy? That's what sort of this Winter Olympics was part and parcel of. But foreigners coming here? Nah, I don't hear it. No one is messaging me, asking me. And I I know this is a very... uh, It's not just me, but as far as i know no one is getting messages about how to come to china now it's it's there's an exit and there's no entrance or the country wants that i don't know uh they do have a very bright young population and a lot of the people a lot of the chinese people i've met as of late since the pandemic the common story has been, yeah, I studied overseas, or I lived overseas for 7, 8, 11 years, and then I came back. So these are the people that they did what a lot of foreigners did in, in China at that time. They left where they were living, and they went back to their, their homelands. And I remember being told, get out, you know, get out of China. It's it's not going to be safe. They're going to close down things. And I'm glad I stayed because I've remained gainfully employed since then. there hasn't been a blip in my uh, my uh, employment, but I mean, that's not guaranteed, not guaranteed at all. And so seeing that, these highly educated uh, bilingual trilingual uh, Chinese youth <laughs> youth, 20 year olds, 30 young 30 year olds, right? <laughs> I guess they're not youth if they're 30, right? Uh, but they're returning, and they want jobs. And I can tell you that, uh, the, are the job opportunities here as much as they are overseas? Do they make as much money? That's a good question. But do they live a higher standard of life here? H- higher standard of living? Good question. I mean, I know it was a lot of foreigners up until two years ago or so. I mean, it was pretty much generally agreed we lived a pretty good lifestyle here in China. It's changed. I can't say it's gotten worse, but it's certainly not the same sort of uh, freedom that it was a couple of years ago. And uh, no, no no doubt that that's a, a part and parcel of you know other issues at work. I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I don't hear people wanting to come here. I don't hear people talking about coming here. Uh, the... The Winter Olympics was not the same inspiration for uh, tourism towards China uh, as 2008 was. Now, who knows? If I'm still here in 10 years, (laughs) uh, who knows? Maybe this September, uh, the next uh, university intake of uh, instructors or whoever's uh, instructors, professors, ESL ESL teachers, maybe there's going to be a new flock of them come in and maybe 2022... 2023 is going to be the year that in 10 years from now you're going to hear people ah, I came here after the Winter Olympics you know you know some somewhere I always wanted to go but uh, so far as I've uh, I've heard that's that's not the case. I have a note here scribbled uh, when does it all go wrong when when did it when does it all go wrong and I'm sure I had something brilliant prophetic to say. But I can't remember for the life of me what it was. Uh, I think it has something to deal with, um, like the whole war situations that are going on. Like uh, I was talking about World War Three. It's just been on my mind lately, um, with you know this Russia Ukraine. Um, people are leaving China as well. The pandemic seems to have sort of disappeared from the mainstream media all of a sudden. And, but I mean, we're still sort of, we hear about it here in China, uh, mainly because the Paralympics are going to start again, uh, not again, but they're going to start next week in March 4th. So that's uh, one thing that, I mean, Beijing is still fighting it. China is still fighting it. Uh, We don't travel uh, at all anymore, which is kind of sad. Had I known that we were going to be shut down like this, I think I would have, oh, it's very easy to say, I would have loved to travel a lot more, gone to a few more places, stayed a little bit longer, lingered, you know, just check things out, not worry about timing so much, but I did go pretty far, I mean, I've been Beijing all the way out to uh, Xinjiang, out the other side, uh, east to west, and then I did uh, uh, Beijing up to the northeast, and then Beijing... Well, I made it down to Hangzhou and then I flew down to Hong Kong and then took the train back up from, uh, Shenzhen to Beijing. So I've done, I've done a bit of cross country, uh, trips, but not as many as I think I should have, uh, given the time I've, uh, I've been here. Speaking of which, <laughs> yesterday, February 22nd, not only was it my uh, brother's birthday, um, happy birthday, Daniel, but, um, It was also the day, apparently, uh, I had some passport issues when I was in Canada. And this has sort of been a a sensitive topic, I guess you could say, because it was such a classic fuck-up that it was just like, oh, can't believe you did that. Whatever you do, folks, make sure that you don't wash your passport when you're traveling, especially if you go somewhere safe, like home. (laughs) <laughs> That's my only advice I can give to you. After that happened, I bought myself a big don't forget about me wallet. So basically, it's this massive, uh, it's a like an infrared whatever blocker thingy, so you can't scan my passport, whatever. But it's meant to be big enough that you can't forget it in your passport. It's a weight. And I, I will put up with the inconvenience of the size in exchange for not having to go through that shit again. I, I mean, it was just it was just like, what? <laughs> oh my goodness. If you were, ever want to see how normal life is, I mean, the sun keeps on rising and setting. People will still go to work. My father had passed away. I made it from Russia to Canada, and then I had passport issues after that. I mean, all of that... Sun keeps on going up and down. Sunrise, sunset, you can have coffee, you can you can drink your beers, you can have macaroni and cheese or whatever every day, any day. but all that those life events like the, the things that like, change your life forever, I mean they happen. Get up and drink your coffee. get up and do your push-ups, I guess right I wasn't doing push-ups back then. Ah uh, yeah. I have not been brave enough to tell the entire story of what happened there, but you get you get the gist of it. I mean, to be fair, that uh, I in thinking back about that time five years ago, uh, it was sort of it was almost what needed to happen at that time, which is a very bizarre way of saying it. Uh, I don't wish that upon anybody else, and certainly it did throw my life a little bit into a dizzy things worked out only because, hey, I stayed flexible and resilient, uh, but also my family did help me out quite a bit in that time. Uh, Thank you to my sister-in-law, who uh, graciously let me sleep on the couch in their apartment for three weeks until I went, okay, yeah, no, I guess I gotta make a move in some way, Uh, get out of here and go do something else for, uh, do something else finally. Uh, And then, of course, that all did lead to my current uh, position here in China. So, you can say it all worked out, but yeah, I mean, that's, again, sunrise, sunset, man. I mean, again, Ukraine's been invaded, regions are taken, passports washed, parents have passed away, life is born, life is gone. Sunrise and sunset. Uh, it's it's shocking how simple life is sometimes. Oh, was that what I meant by this sentence? Could be. I don't know. uh, Folks. Good stuff. We're last week of February, I'm preparing for March Motion, which is my computer graphics challenge to myself. I'm going to be using Apple Motion throughout the month of March uh, to uh, hone my computer skills a little bit more. Hone my computer graphics skills. I'm looking forward to this because I've been researching some projects. Uh, I think it's kind of neat. And I can see how combined with the musical efforts that I've had before, March Motion... Adobe April or whatever, After Effects April, and then May you make your movie in May. I can see how this is coming together, culminating. And there's a There could be a grand project at some point, and I don't want to disrupt that, which is one of the reasons why I'm not thinking of leaving China just yet, because I have these projects. I'm very happy in my little rut here, and it's all good. As long as I keep busy, keep my mind going, I mean, I have nowhere else pressing to be. I am also in the process of booking the next podcast. Should be done next week, hopefully. We'll see when she is available. Yes, it's a she. Should be an interesting conversation. I uh, have talked to her a few times before. Uh, and uh, I think uh, ESL teachers, ESL and people who are in the translation uh, multilingual industry will be interested in what she has to say. So, uh... I'll leave it with that because it's not set up just yet. And uh, I think I'll leave it there. Folks, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Um, I hope um, my little spiel on Russia and Ukraine has been a little bit enlightening. Um, and if it's offended anybody, I don't know what to say to you. I, I, I Honestly, I don't. Um, but this is something that I've grown up with. Uh, so this is something that's been talked about. Uh, I mean, I know... I know at least one guy who's regularly on the news in Canada, uh, talking about the situation in uh, in, in Ukraine. So um, it's it's very prominent in my friend circle. Even though I'm not in Canada anymore, I'm living in China. It's still it's still there. So it's I don't think I can extricate myself from that very easily. With that, folks, show notes and tracks up on my website, stephenserski.com. Find me on the Twitter, the Stephen Serski. You can troll me there if you feel the need. Shoot me a couple of emails if you need. Don't shoot me, please. Check out my website. Check out the things I'm doing. And folks, have a good one. Happy hump day to you, February 23rd. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.